I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. You're listening to Muses and Stuff, the podcast that celebrates those who live, love, and breathe rock and roll. From the incredible groupies, girlfriends, and wives who went after what and who they wanted, to the journalists, photographers, and other behind-the-scenes characters who play such an important part in rock and roll history. We are your hosts, Shanti and Lynx. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome, Lauren yeah. D'Alessio. Thank you. Canadian Thank you so much for Music having Week. me. Yes. <laughs> We're so excited to talk with you. Mm. Um, for us, Canadian Music Week has very much been uh, chatting and interacting with really strong, powerful women. Mm. And uh, you've been here speaking for the conference. Yeah. It's been a busy one. Yes, it has. And, you know, we're, we just happen to be recognized at the Enterprising Women Award of America for the most uh, female-led like law firm. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We have a question about that later. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with that you have such an interesting backstory, pretty unique, I would say. Mm-hmm. Not many people or lawyers can say that they started as like an international Ford model. That's mm. amazing. Um <laughs> Did you, what lessons, if any, have you taken from that career into your law one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, um, you know, being an artist is actually running your own business. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And uh, putting together your A-team, a part of that journey, very important part of that journey. 
And um, when you're going through borders and you're needing to get to that job or that other job or, you know, you're a brand ambassador for, you know, um, a brand, um, you need to be properly pre-planning and that A-team should be doing that for you. So really transcending borders for people that are extraordinary um, is uh, is doesn't just come in a snap of the fingers, you know, um, it, it opening up that market and, you know, being a, a key part of that market um, safely and protecting your your brand and your voice is 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 um, pre-planning an A-team. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always have ambitions of entering law and what drew you to this specific line of practice? Yeah, so um, I, I definitely always was very attracted to the thought of being an advocate um, for people. I actually did try the other side of the table. I worked for the Canadian government and policy for quite some time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I appreciate, I think the work that they're doing is amazing. Um, I just really saw myself definitely on the other side of the table going, I really want to not so much be throwing the book at people and more be representing their needs and interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so I, 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 it comes from a pretty young age, and I think that, um, you know, being in entertainment um, and, um, you know, I think having that skill set, I mean, I was definitely a model. I did some acting as well. And I, I, honestly, there, there's, there's a lot of similarities in terms of delivery and the message that you're conveying and, um, and how you appear to people and how you present yourself. And so um, I think... Uh, it was always it was a seed within me from a very young age. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So for many of us, the idea of like ever needing a lawyer is pretty overwhelming. Could you explain exactly what you do and why it's important for musicians and artists alike to be represented in the industry? Yeah. Um, so um, I, I, I so it, again, part of that A team, the representation. Um, I mean, there's so much. Uh, in, out there, but everyone has particular specialties. So, um, you know, being equipped, um, you know, properly with your talent management and sort of the short and then long term. So your immediate jobs and then your long term um, goals of what you're seeking. Um, you know, they're obviously per- helping to procure that employment um, and um, you know, really lining up um, those gigs. And then, but then you're also going to have you know the that 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 protection in terms of, again, your brand and your voice and, and, you know, your IP lawyers around that and the entertainment side. Um, and right beside that, um, is then that representation on the transcending borders part and the opening up of multiple markets. And, um, so, um, I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> is that, is so sort of like your, your A team of representation? Yeah. Is that really the yeah. question? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you founded your own successful law group, <laughs> which is comprised of 98% female attorneys. Yeah. And you won an award for that. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yes. That right. is so fantastic. Seeing successful women support other women in their success is fantastic. And mm-hmm. It's what we love doing. It's mm-hmm. what we love talking about. Yeah. Um, why was this important to you? And how do you think the world of law can benefit from investing in more women? Yeah. So, um, the world as it is, 2018, in law, in entertainment law, is for the most part geared toward men. 
the way that these law firms are run. And I had my first sampling that when I was just getting out there in the market and figuring out whether I was going to be an employee as a lawyer and realizing that um, there's a few adjustments for women. They make a big, big difference. We're very, very committed. We're extremely hardworking. But if we don't have those adjustments, um, you know, it, it can make it hard, um, you know, for, for women to understand how that life cycle is going to, um, you know, progress as you're doing your career. For example, um, do you have a pumping room? Mm. You know, um, do you have a place where you can breastfeed a baby? Like if a nanny or a family member were to come by and drop, drop off the baby, you know, for 45 minutes so you can breastfeed. Um, you know, um, do, do, is there, you know, allowances for like the things that definitely do separate us you know in that you know gender perspective but um are so critical um you know obviously involvement you know with uh, with our children and i mean i guess that also goes on the male side too um but so often women it falls back on women that child care and um and we're expected to be the ones to pick up our kids at three um take them from the school too so um and of course not all women you know are you know having babies and doing all that but i have found that in my practice it's a a a big part of it and um firms that can provide for this um you know i mean we hey i mean they're making budgets to go to sporting events and you know i'll i mean what what about making a budget that just recognizes such basic needs for child care and in production too i mean also women are having babies later um a lot of women are having ivf a lot of women are having iui do we have a system that allows for all those doctor's visits? Because um, it's it's a lot. Yeah. So um, and um, it doesn't mean that we work any less or any harder. It, I mean, we are a very very committed. Um, but again, these budgetary recognitions and um, scheduling, calendaring allowances are life changing for us. So, so that's, um, you know, and I would just say, you know, a real like support system and celebration of, you know, those, those rather unique milestones in a woman's life, you know, um, and just recognizing that and celebrating it as a community is, um, you know, is, is, is important. So, um, so I, I've seen it make a very big difference in our firm. Um, I also think that women coming together and sitting at a conference room of 25 people, and those are the where we're, this conference room is going to be, within this conference room, we're going to be making all the big decisions on marketing, on sales, on production. And you look around, and it's all women, or 99% women, or 98% women. There's an energy in that that... Um, is so amazing because we are such a diverse community. We all come from different countries all around the world. Most of us, very few natives, um, you know, um, um, meaning, you know, generations and generations that have come from Canada or the United States, you know, and we come from, many of us come from countries where that would never be. You would never be sitting in a conference room with women that are empowered and confident to be, making such big decisions about how we're going to run a multi-million dollar company yeah, just got goosebumps yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah it's so it's amazing. really it's strong yeah. and it's strong and it's felt 
and and that is um you know that um i i just feel that if, you know this this shouldn't be the 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 rarity it should be the norm yeah. you know and um especially with so many women that are in law uh schools but yet the percentage that are actually graduating and going into high level positions within law firms is a very very small percentage so um so and it's i believe a lot of it has to do with that life cycle mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to deal with these phases yeah. um and finding a community that embraces it so yeah that's so great yeah and this is exactly why we need women in positions to bring these things up and be like what about this in the budget what about that like things that men just it wouldn't even occur to them that you know this is a not just a need but like a right that we should have yeah for Mm -hmm. sure exactly um we were wondering about your uh work with artists for change yeah so um artists for change is a an unbelievable uh, board organization that's been created to really tackle the ever-growing, increasing problem of human trafficking. And it's with this particular focus on human trafficking and girls. Um, and, um, and, 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 um, focusing on, um, the, developments in terms of funding and and um in filmmaking that is educating our community on this topic area and um you know and pulling together people of influence that can really um be instrumental and again pulling together that funding and uh creating a um a conversation among people of even more influence um, that can do something about this ever-growing and increasingly awful situation that's just like unbearable situation that's been happening um, and it's actually happens even right here like right where we're sitting in Toronto um, in LA this happens everywhere and um, and the, the, for whatever reason um, it hasn't been like a particularly um, I mean, there's so much to do with cancer and there's so much to do with, you know, lots of other like causes that have, um, you know, received huge amounts of funding and, you know, lots of popularity. Um, and I, and I think that really the focus of, um, artists, artists for change, um, is to go, I don't think there's enough education about how how significant this issue is and I, would, um, I agree uh, yeah. yeah on the immigration side um it's a big problem and um you know and and the very some borders being quite porous actually and um and you know everyone dogs homeland security everyone dogs customs everyone says oh they're being so tough and yeah 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 indeed they are tough and sometimes they come after truly innocent, well-meaning people, but we want to make sure that there is, um, you know, sufficient controls in place. And I support it as an advocate to really come after, you know, these, um, you know, (laughs) very uh, criminals, um, who are running these rings. And so, um, so really what artists for change is doing is, um, funding and supporting filmmaking around 
the the message of human trafficking and what it's do what it what's to happening educate to others. educate others. Yeah, exactly. And to go, um, you know, this needs to change. We need to do something about this. We need to address it. We need to annihilate it from the existence of our modern day. And um, you know, um, and it preys upon you know a lot of young girls you know from countries that would like to have a voice you know and they think about coming to america or they think about coming to canada and they think about all the possibilities and they're really lured in you know by this um oh, it's going to be different here and you know you just have to do this that and the other thing and then you you get this opportunity so um it speaks to i think the global um you know inequality of between the genders um and then um also it preys upon the the dream that north american dream you know so yeah besides educating ourselves and you know people who are listening as well is there anything that we can do is donating is what is there anything that we can do today people who are listening can do absolutely um i mean donating absolutely i would take a look at what artists for change is doing and Mm -hmm. i'd look at the films um lot like lost girl for example and if there is a place where large amounts of influential people are watching uh or could could watch um this uh you know film that's so educational um i i would make recommendations perhaps um you know loan out space um to view to to have a viewing um you know there's other films as well um that have been carefully selected so that really we can educate and you know for anti-human trafficking and all that so um so they they really benefit from of course, uh, donations as well as uh, recommendations for space, basically to show the films too. I like that. Um, yeah, so it's a very practical. Let's get educated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Since we're here speaking with you at Canadian Music Week, and you have a passion for the entertainment industry, um, we assume that you have a love for music. Uh, who are some of your favorite artists? Yes. Um, so I, I, I have to say I am really, really um, impressed um, with um, uh, uh, Keys and Crates and the work that they are doing here, um, you know, um, in, in Toronto. Um, it's funny that um, I'm, I'm coming from a very woman, female perspective, but I think what, I mean, I'm also, um, you know, a huge lover of electronic music and, um, you know, they're, um, participation and you know and really the forerunners of trap music is like you know it just goes again to reinforce how Canadians have such an important place in um, in the in the music genre of the world you know and it's just like and and developing that and 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 all the innovation um, you know I would also say that um, I love how they've integrated tech um, into the music conference in such a profound way. This is really important. Um, technological innovation, um, it, like, it, it's not just about listening, it's therapy. And um, there's, you know, companies like Subpack, which are using music as therapy for the death. You know, I mean, it's like a very um, practical advancing the human race um, cause. Um, so, you know, so I, I applaud um, Canadian Music Week, you know, for, for this strong component of the conference. Also, from an immigration perspective, um, the, um, the integration of a heavy Mexico 
um, component um, to the the conference this year, um, I think is very carefully chosen with the seventh round of renegotiation of NAFTA in our wake, and um, and really going, you know what. Um, this is North America and this is free trade and it's also trade in music too. And, you know, and we have, you know, culture, certain cultural, um, protections in place with NAFTA for a reason on going, going different ways of jurisdictions. So going to Canada, going to Mexico, doing, you know, and they're in place for a reason. They're protecting our cultural uniqueness, you know? And so I also applaud, um, you know, uh, Neil Dixon, um, you know, the Presidente, um, <clears throat> for carefully choosing, you know, this agenda. Um, you know, I think, I think it's really, um, quite timely. So, and of course, like, I mean, look at all the incredible female artists. It's just, it's astounding really. And so, um, and I, I think as, um, you know, I was searching and searching and searching to see like a female, um, celebration, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't seen. Have you? Um, we so, went to a conference um, yesterday morning. Okay. Uh, the future is for female. me too. Yeah. Um, so it was an excellent panel of women in television and broadcasting and yeah. the room was totally full and it was, okay. you know, conversations that we've been having for a while now and, uh, but that's, that's what we've seen. And then, like I said, we, we nabbed Biff and yeah. we got June. Yeah. So we're having our own little celebration here because that's yeah. what Music Week is about for us. Yeah. Other than that, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think there possibly could be more that's sure. done. There's more than just the Me Too, Me Too movement, of course. Yes. It's, it's, there's more to say about women than our victimization. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about our empowerment? <laughs> you know, um, what about how we're changing the world? Exactly. You know, so, um, you know, so I... And in a, in, a, in a quite a serious way, yeah. you know, um, so a celebration, but then on a serious note. And I mean, talk about innovation, you know. Um, so I, so that's that's something that you know. I think there's. I, I love the conference has done an exceptional job, and you know, and I look at my own law firm and I think about all the things that I can do to yeah. improve it. Um, and so I'm excited to come back next year. And and awesome. uh, this is a yeah. perfect lead-in for my next question. We were wondering who did you look up to growing up or what women now are so inspiring to you that like we should know about? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so since I learned about um, women and the suffragette movement, um, for me, it's always been um, Susan B. Anthony. Um, You know, um, you know, really being a key um, mover in getting the vote you know for women um really giving us that legal uh voice um and she has a quote that i just live off of you know and and i I chant it like every day um and that's uh failure is impossible um so um women i just uh, you know and and there's so much like if you listen to her speeches because they have you know, they still have that, you know, obviously you can, and she talks about how women are so often objectified and, you know, and just treated like literally a piece of meat. And I think it's quite interesting me starting off my, my working 
career in the modeling industry because there's currently hardly there is no union um, for female models. Um, you know, quite often you are treated like a piece of meat. Um, yet there are such inspiring, you know, supermodels and, you know, and so I think, um, you know, women um, becoming an organized collective and making change. Um, I just love everything that Susan B. Anthony did. So um, so so I think she's, you know, in her quotes and her speeches and you know her milestones are you know something to be studied and you know followed I um you know irrelevant even though her day is long since past so that for sure um I would say that um you know more involvement in I I was my very first time at the Enterprising Women um when they um you know when when we were granted this award you know um i it was my very first female conference I'd ever attended. I never, um, I, I just, uh, I hadn't, um, I just hadn't, I hadn't done anything like that. Um, and it impressed me so much, um, that, that we can mobilize together and grow our businesses and be inspired together and learn together, um, and have, positive competition among each other um just like tony robbins and just like all these other groups that are very male dominated you know and so um and i i was i'm super impressed with it so there's groups like nowbo um you know um and um you know they're basically organizing women on a collective level for business and it crosses all industries um and um and I think that we need to be more active in them and, and, and do more to support. Um, you know, one of the many criticisms that often female leaders point out is that um, women together can also be our worst enemies. You know, do we really support each other? Are we going, well, I had to go the hard way, so you should too. You know, I had to experience all that systemic discrimination, so should you. You have to go through it too. And instead, you know, sort of reach our arms, you know, and, um, you know, put our hands on each other's shoulders and then have another woman kind of crawl up on our, on our, on our, on our arms, our extended arms to get to that next level so that she doesn't have to be the one that created that bridge, you know. So I think that organizations like NABO and Enterprising Women Organization, um, you know, are, are doing that you know, are, are, are really educating women to be like, it's okay. Like, you know, let's not look back. Let's just look forward. We're stronger together. Yeah. This has been so inspiring. And a lot of questions that we ask sometimes too are like, how can we improve? What's next? And you're just hitting it and you're nailing it. And I have so much hope and I have so much excitement for our next generation of young people. I work a lot with kids and with young people and they're just growing up to just have this sense of like, I can do anything. And with people like you who are really there with, you know, just to lift people up and yeah, you don't have to go through what the generations did before but let's just lift each other up and yeah yeah Yeah. let's learn from it and grow from it and you know what if there's another woman that's going to be hugely successful um, and doesn't have to experience that and part of that somehow is us having 
upset the president that that's not okay yeah. you know exactly yeah. that we are a part of it in a collective and we should support each other yeah almost makes me feel like I want to be 10 years younger 20 years younger and try this over again because coming from a small town in northern Ontario was like you can be a nurse yeah. or a teacher exactly like, be a teacher of being a business yeah like, for me as well the, be a teacher being a business owner government pension never wasn't even talked about mm -hmm. that's right mm -hmm. but that's right that's not the case yeah, today especially not, in this city why are you not getting married at 24 yeah yeah last <laughs> yeah. one yeah, okay so you seem like an incredibly busy woman yet you've still managed to find time to write a book going global investing in u.s immigration what made you decide to write it when will it be released <sighs> HR departments. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is on a corporate level. People need to value immigration. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I am shocked and people should be embarrassed at a corporate C-level that the budgets that are being put together for immigration are abysmal. Like we are truly running a humanitarian, orga humanitarian organization. Like there is so much stuff that we are doing And we're even doing it at the corporate level for free because we care about our clients. And we it's not just about submitting, collecting the documents and submitting it. There's a whole aftercare. There's a, they, they, they could get completely screwed at the moment that they're going to go to the consular officer and get the stamp in their passport to actually enter the border after the payment stops. And it's just it's, it's not about you need to pay us more book. That's not what it's about. It's about understand A to Z immigration and all of the components from an HR perspective. This is about talent acquisition and retention that transcends borders. And if you want diversity and extraordinary ability is the name of the game now. I mean, look at the Harvard studies. Look at look at it all. This is why Toronto won the World Incubation Summit, like uh, number two for the world diversity. So immigration, huge component of that diversity. So, um, so I, I've just been, I, I mean, I'm dealing with a company right now, in fact, um, and I'm floored at the complete disregard for the complexity of navigating these extremely nationalistic policies and regulations to get people from A to Z and, um, and investing in the immigration needs from a short-term as well as long-term perspective for their employees is to see the growth of their companies and the vision of their companies and secure that, you know, it's a key, key part of it. Um, you know, I mean, we work with, um, you know, some fabulous companies like for example, Hyperloop, you know, that, you know, that understand that, you know, but still there's so much knowledge, you know, and expertise that, that that is there and 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 needs to be recognized so this book is is definitely um an informational piece not just going over requirements and um key documents and checklists but it's also really a how-to so it's it's um so that when directors of hr or even a layperson comes and has a consultation with a immigration council they're they're asking the right questions, you know? Um, so, I mean, I hope that people 
come to hire us or very, you know, well-versed. But um, not all lawyers are asking the right questions as well. Like, what is your short-term immigration plan? What is your long-term immigration plan? You know, um, because if you navigate things in more of a pragmatic way, um, you're not actually doing your client any kind of favor. So, um, so, and especially, you know, in this age right now, I mean, look at Canada, look how much, how much harder it's now is to get to Canada and in, and to get the, that permanent residence here. It is very, very tough. And a lot of people are turned around. So, um, same, I mean, you know, um, I won't go any further on the political side, <laughs> but um, I'll just leave that alone. But it's not just Trump. We're seeing this in Germany. We're seeing it in Canada. We're seeing it, I mean, in in France. I mean, we're seeing, I mean, like, it's 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 as, as increasingly interconnected that our markets are becoming with the innovation and advancement that is diverse that's coming in. Look, music, um, music therapy for the death. I was just mentioning this. Um, nationalistic uh, governments are pulling back big time and become and closing and shutting down their borders. So, um, so the book has checklists and, and case studies and hypotheticals and it's, um, it's quite comprehensive, but it's also been written in completely layman terms on purpose so that, so that it's uh, user friendly and people can get educated. I have learned so much in this last half hour than I think we ever have. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and for sure it's like it's worn off. Yeah, and and when you're not like writing amazing books and giving amazing speeches, what kind of stuff do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a mom. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, when I didn't have kids, I was, uh, I mean, I'm a, an adventure seeker person. Um, I like to, uh, play sports and, um, I like to like, climb mountains and like run marathons and like do that kind of stuff. But, um, I love team sports. I love soccer. I'm a huge Manchester United fan. I'm Chelsea. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my father, uh, pretty much by the time I could walk, he gave me a soccer ball and showed me a wall and he said, keep <laughs> kicking until your kick gets you on the team. So, um, so I, and I, yeah. And, um, so, uh, but my, my babies are, you know, are, they take every single minute of my spare time. I have a four and a two year old and, they're um, probably going to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> They're there. I mean, I'm a stepmother too to two others as well. I've got, I've, we've got four kids collectively. It's a blended family and, um, and they're all girls. So, uh, so they're definitely going to take Yeah. And they are very strong. Every single one of them is their will is incredible. And that's really what it starts with will and perseverance, I think. So, um, that's yeah. Kicking that ball. Amazing. Yeah. I think that's a great I'm working place. at having a little bit more me time, but um, quite honestly, my I feel like I get my me time uh, with the yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I bring them everywhere. China, Australia, Canada. Oh, I mean, I go. Amazing. They come with us. They come with me. Yeah. So we're going yeah. to Mexico next week. We were just wrapped up um, Mexico Fashion Week. They were in Paris Fashion Week. Um, so... I, yeah, bring bring the babies with you, and that's the other thing that needs to change. And is like it's okay if you're having a meeting in a conference room with your client, and your baby is in the next room 
like making little squeaky noises. Like, why not? Like, is it interrupting your meeting? Most of the time, not. Maybe a baby needs to go for a nap. Maybe, you know, whatever. So then make sure you have your nanny around. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, so it's like, why is it not professional when, you know, more than 50% of the population, you know, are perhaps going to be, you know, very engaged in the reproductive process, okay? So that needs to be destigmatized, you know? And I don't give a flying F if clients complain, and even staff, even staff complain that there's a baby in the office. It's like, you know what? Go somewhere else. In this office, the babies are welcome. And the puppies, too. (laughs) All right. Well, that is a wonderful place to finish. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. You're an absolute inspiration oh, and we can't wait so are you guys thank you for you. doing this yes um, and 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 focus on focusing on uh, the female thread here you know this that's huge well thank you need to do that have you done yeah. a ted talk yet no it's in your future no. okay <laughs> <laughs> i just got a vision thank you so much Lorraine. thank you all right Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown. <laughs>